Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How is your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich, and tonight we are talking boobies. This is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Our, I have a guest on tonight. You could just hear her laughing there. And my guest is Julie Perkins. So for some of you who have been uh, listening to Inspire Choices Network, uh, you might have noticed Julie Perkins in our archive. She has a show with her daughter uh, about a year ago, I guess. I don't even remember time anymore. Um, but they have some shows <laughs> in the archives. You can listen to some of her shows, too, in there. Um, and Julie is actually coming on to talk about boobies with us because she's a bit of a booby expert. And <laughs> she's she's actually had many things that she's done in her life um, with healing energy work. And she's also, and I like this word that she uses, she calls herself a breast cancer surthriver and shamanic practitioner. I like that word, Sir Thriver. It's not just survivor. It's not just thriver. It's a little bit of both. Uh-huh. It's great. And and I love um, I love that we're having this conversation because even though I've you know had this show, it's actually um, next week is my third anniversary for the show, and I Yay. don't think I've actually dedicated an entire show to boobies in three years. So. How cool is that? That we're actually Ooh. talking boobies and boobies are so like life giving and essential. I was just mentioning when we were getting before we were getting on the show, um, that we were at a family event on the weekend and one of my uh, one of my cousins, her daughter was getting christened and right before they were about to christen her um, she, my cousin just whipped out the boob and started nursing, much to the mortification of her mother who threw a blanket over her and the baby took the blanket off. And So if you can only imagine, this is a Serbian Orthodox church. They're kind of strict. We we were surprised. My husband was surprised, actually. He's been into the church a few times, and he was like, wow, there's chairs this time. I'm like, yes, I think they realize that there's a lot of old people coming, so they put some chairs out. Otherwise, we normally stand for the entire thing, and it can be hours and hours and hours. So, yes, you have to, you know, cover your shoulders, never mind whipping your boob out. So I was very proud to uh, be like, yeah, man, that's my cousin. She whipped her boob out in church. That's wicked. I'm so proud. Things are so, changing. <laughs> things are changing, and welcome to the Hour of Power with uh, Booby Talk tonight with Julie Perkins. So welcome, Julie. And oh, um, so we're going to talk all things boobies tonight, because you actually were a co-author in a book about that. You want to tell us a little bit about the book? Uh, yes, the book, brand new out and a number one bestseller, bestseller, I almost said. <laughs> I like it. It's already. It's called Breast <laughs> Easy, edited by Erica Glessing, and there are 14 of us uh, co-authors writing about all kinds of things with our breasts. Uh, size, shape, 
preferences, uh, experiences. It's just one of those amazing kind of heartwarming books. I've been making my way through it, reading all the other chapters and the energy of it. It's just so inviting for people to have and embrace a different point of view about boobies. No matter Yay, what they call them. Boobies. <laughs> those mammary glands of life. They're, that The mammary gland just sounds like so formal. So boobies is way more fun. And <laughs> all the show is going to be about boobies. And what, like one of the things that... Um, actually, I had crazy conversations, of course, leading up to this show about boobies yesterday. Um, <laughs> I was actually sporting a shirt that was inappropriate for... Ch- inappropriate can you imagine me um and i so i i like wore a very inappropriate shirt to uh church and i was i was choosing to just go and create ease for my father's brain not to explode so i like covered up my my cleavage um but it was one of those like plunging shirts and i have very small boobies like i have uh they're t- they're small to my daughter she thinks they're honk and big i'm like well Sweetie, compared to what you have, they are big, but they're not big in reality. You, let let me show you some friends. Like let, let's look at Auntie Christine. That's uh, Christine McIver, the CEO of this station. <laughs> I'm like, let's look at her boobies. You see, they're bigger than mummies. Yeah, that's that's big. This not big. <laughs> but it's interesting from a child's perspective too, and how boobies can be inappropriate or appropriate, and like. What all that sort of stuff too, and how much yeah. judgment we put on them. They're like, yeah. there's so much energy. Just even saying booby, people are like, they almost look around for it, and they're like, is it the booby bird? No, we're talking about the real ones. Oh, like yeah. people get a little nervous, even like excited, mm-hmm. nervous. It's, it's hard to say. So mm-hmm. what what is it about boobies that um, you are now having them be your BFF? <laughs> Well, you know, it's it hasn't always been ease, and it hasn't always been that kind of best friend relationship. And exactly what you were talking about with your about with your daughter, it's that kind of very early on comparison reality that we get into. It's like, oh, mine size or shape or functionality or whatever. Oh, theirs, mine yeah. against theirs, mine with theirs my comfort with them, my discomfort with them, and actually how much of that is actually not even ours. You know, so as energetic beings, we kind of step into this comparison universe, and not only we are com- are we comparing, but we're picking up all of the energies of what everybody else is perceiving and thinking, and whether it's right or wrong, that judgment, exactly what you're talking about. So, mm-hmm. you know, my journey with breasts um, hasn't always been... Um, such ease, and now that I have them as my best friends, my best friends, <laughs> um, I, I, there's so much more, uh, so much less judgment, and more ease in my bo- my whole body. You know, the thing about breasts for women is that they are that that focal point. How many movies have you seen where the guy's talking to the girl and she says something like? I'm up here, you know, because he's looking pointed down <laughs> into her chest. That's where all the focus is totally. for him going there, you know. And and that happens even with women, right? It happens even when we're just out of the grocery store. It seems to be that place that draws the attention and all the judgment 
and all the points of views. And so what can you do to become best friends, best friends? That's what my chapter in the book was about. And so I started with um, actually acknowledging them. That helps, right? Oh, you've got some. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, wow, I got some. Because, you know, what happens is when sometimes when we get too too much focus there, it's like, I just don't even want to just sort of like, let's see how I can hide them and cover them, not acknowledge them. And so it's funny how I wonder we can what... have that for both big ones and small ones. Like, you know, you can have a lot of attention for having really big boobs, but you can also get a lot of attention even like growing up as teen, like in a teen setting. Like I remember, I remember being like me and this other girl were the girls who had the smallest boobs in grade eight, and it was like mortifying it for me. Yeah. Like boys would, they would like check to see if you're wearing bras, and I'm like, I don't even like. I think I owned one, but I was like. Like, I'm not wearing one because the bra is thicker than my boobs. Like, I'm not yeah. wearing it. So it was, yeah, and it was just such a source of shame. And I'm really tall, right? So I'm like five foot eleven, And my boobs are when they were literally in most of the guy's faces, especially the guy I liked. Like, he was like five foot two maybe or five foot three. So yeah. his face was like right at my boob level. And I was yeah. very self-confident totally self-conscious of it so yeah boobs whatever size they do get a lot of attention mm-hmm. um small or big and how nice of them to, to monitor your progress right <laughs> so it's right? like hey it's like hey wow look at the girls those girls they're really you know busting out over there and hey you're not what's going on over there it's like wow dudes so nice of you to monitor the progress here as if, yeah. as if I'm not paying attention to that already, right? And it's just the way yeah. the, the culture is, right, that society is, that that's, there's such mystique and mystery and interest and kind of that clinical energy that you were talking about where it's so mm-hmm. kind of you know, and there's all these energies sort of wrapped up around them, and which is one of the reasons why I think that it's great to talk about it. And great to write about it and great to look at the energy of this and see what it creates. And if it's not creating what you want, make a different choice. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of choices. People, um, I was, I really love the excess energetic facelift. And in the, the video for it, Shannon O'Hara talks about when she does facelift, sometimes people's boobies grow. Um, yeah. And I thought, and like, what a gift she is. Like, Shannon, can we meet up somewhere in the world? <laughs> so, um, but the funny thing is actually the the less points of view I have about things in general, um, and the more I'm the more I'm beginning to receive my body as a gift, and like truly acknowledge and get that the body that I'm creating is actually like a source of pleasure for me source of pleasure for my lover it's it's actually it's actually a gift the more i get that um the less i have a point of view about my boobs and and sometimes i'll i will like you know wear those so-called inappropriate shirts in church and like bust out the cleavage that um was really funny because i had family who have known me like my whole life mm-hmm. um my my female cousins were sitting right across from me and they both were like cousin 
your boobs grew. Like it's been like a source of the bane of all of our existences that in our family, <laughs> we have one cousin that got all the boobs and she has double J breasts and the rest of us are like A's or B's. And so the wow. ongoing joke is that one cousin got like boob enough for all of us. Like she, <laughs> yeah. even if she shared two cup sizes with all of us, we'd all be like kind of even. <laughs> but, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. We don't know how those how, like, genes got. Yeah. 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 And then they're, they're and what you're talking about is that energetic component of it though. Right. You know, it's like yeah. we're looking at this, and we're comparing, but the fact that you love your body the fact mm-hmm. that you're acknowledging your breasts, that you're thanking them, it's actually Absolutely. causing them to flourish in a physical way. And I actually had this conversation with um, my daughter, Christy, who, as you mentioned, we had done this radio show called Teens Done Different. And the other yeah. day she was looking, she's like, you know what? She just went running. So she just had her sport bra on. And she, of course, when you're running, they move with you, right? So yes, they do. She was looking, and I said, can I say this on the radio show? And she's like, sure. She goes, well, one of them's bigger than the other one, because this one is named so-and-so. I can't remember what she named it. She goes, after the suburban white woman that I used to see running on the treadmill in the gym, and this one <laughs> is is after named after the, the sassy African-American woman that, um, that I also see dancing around the gym. And I was like, oh, and she I just love went, it. Oh. We were like, oh my gosh, but that is exactly what it was. She was, na- she had named them Hilarious. after the other, and one was actually bigger and shaped differently, actually sort of in a mimicking energetic way of each one. And I said, well, you know, maybe, would you like to maybe destroy it and create that energy right now, <laughs> maybe change it and just ask them maybe what they want to be named <laughs> instead of naming them after, because we were so That's aware hilarious. of that moment that they were actually, you know, mimicking the the breasts of the uh, women that they were named after. So how freaking genius is Christy? That's so cool. Yeah. That is just so freaking fun. I, I know that for me there was like when I was about seven I used to read these books um by well there was a book called Are You There God? It's me Margaret and I can't for the life of me remember the author of it. It's it's like this book that like every preteen reads um, mm-hmm. before before puberty, right? And in it, there's like this little girls club and they're like comparing boobs and they're being kind of like nasty, like little girls are, uh, mm-hmm. like tweeny girls are, about boobs and getting bras and like being mean about it. Um, and I remember reading that book as a kid and I, and I was about grade five or six. It was just before puberty for me. And I remember praying to God, like I had created this, oh, please, I was like, oh, please God. So, I was almost as tall as I am now, but not quite. I was, you know, this tall at 12 or 13. So I was maybe 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. So I have 10-year-old hands. And I'm sh- and I'm like, okay, God, if you just make my boobs this big. So I, like, stuck my thumb under my armpit and, like, elevated it to, like, however high my, um, my thumb to my palm was, right? Kind of like flat, yeah. you know, if you put your thumb down under your palm, right? Oh, yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, yeah. Just like that kind of under the armpit, right? Well, don't you know my brilliant body created breasts that size till now, right? And they're yeah. just starting to get out of that. But I had made a vow and promise to God, like, God, if you just give me this, I'll be happy. 
Like I am oh, hilarious. Wow. I, I created really <laughs> funny things with oaths and vows in my body, and I was like, God, if you just make it for blah blah blah. Like, man, I I was that kid who prayed every night for ridiculous things. Like I knew if I asked, I would receive. Yeah, I was just asking for very limiting things. <laughs> so, yes, Judy <laughs> Bloom, really that's the author of that book. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Really and creation, yeah. <laughs> And how much do we do that? Like, we don't even know. When did we decide? Like, I'm looking at my daughter who's like, Mommy, you got big boobs. And so to her, you know, if she's thinking, I like big boobs, and then she ends up with boobs like mine, she'll be like, what? That wasn't big. What's going on? So, so like, our point of view. What we could do with exactly yeah. our points of view, with our requests, and with our names, you know, with our name calling. So oh, it's hilarious. I wonder if you so, want to talk more about names. I know, see, we're coming up on a break here, but we could talk more yeah, about names. Yeah, we are. And I would like to talk more about that before we go to break. So, yeah, um, I know, too, that, you know, men will sometimes have um, nicknames for their lovers' bodies, too. Like, I have a friend, and her um, lover refers to her boobs as the girls, as if they're, like, separate from her. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And uh, we actually had a conversation once about this, and I was like, I think he has a relationship with your boobs separate from your vagina and separate from you as a being. Like, uh-huh. does that ring true for you? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, it's really weird. It's like he talks to your boobs, he talks to your vagina, they're different, and you are different. And so I wonder how many ways we compartmentalize our bodies and separate yeah. ourselves so that we're not yeah. actually, yeah, it's like you separate yourself from your boobs, now what? Like, what? You are all you yeah and that's Funny. interesting because there's the girls right and i think i yeah. want to say that i'm calling them my girls so i was right. claiming and owning and acknowledging them <laughs> because <laughs> i yes i did i called them my girls which which was different because yeah the girls and how many other names can we come up with for for them too that the lovers call them that might be something that's light for them or that they like that we don't necessarily mm-hmm. care for. Like there's there's some that I just do not care for. I don't know why. They just like Hooters the ones that irk you. Oh yeah. Fan. Like that doesn't even I'm not Hooters to me is like no, it's like something you walk up to. It's like something you'd put on your bike and squeeze to make a noise. It's like a horn to me. I'm like I don't get it. It's like every time I think of Hooters, I think somebody's walking up to you and just going rah, rah, like a weird noise comes out because there's just there's something weird and squeaky toy like about it. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that just doesn't do anything. But I know a lot of guys that just love that name, you know, and they're just sort of and I also that out there the whole restaurant thing, you know, the yeah. girl serving. That's just like, oh, I don't know. And some guys also call them tatas, which I, I don't like that either because in Serbian, tata means father. So I'm not like, that doesn't turn me on either. So I'm not about the tatas. That's me like, either. Know, like, that's my dad? That's weird. I couldn't say grandpa, so we ended up saying tata. We used to call grandpa that. So that's grandpa. <laughs> right. So, you know, if you're not calling your dad or grandpa tata, maybe that works for you. But it really, <laughs> like, twists my brain around. Like, oh, my God, and then somebody tickles them, and they're my tatas, and I'm getting turned on, and it's like, that's messed in my head. 
everything that brings up in my world, I'm going to destroy and uncreate all that. Pocket spot, pocket spot, right on the bed, pocket spot, I'll contribute towards that. Yeah, yeah, I don't want Grandpa, I don't bring him in the bedroom now, right now. No, thank you. No, no, yes, I'm not sexy about that. How many other names? Let's see, how many other names can we come up with here? Um, Headlights. Headlights, right. Yeah, there's those, and then there's there was also that thing for, I don't know what show it came from, but there was a movie, and they were like, tune in Tokyo, tune in Tokyo. I hate that. <laughs> that's just, like, I don't even know how that's supposed to be funny, but sometimes my I feel compelled to, like, turn it around and go, I'll just grab your penis and, like, do the same thing. Like, do you right, like exactly. it? Like, tune in Tokyo. Yeah, like rabbit ears. Let me adjust your penis so I can see where I can get that right. And what and what I love, what I'm laughing about is your energy towards it. It's like, yeah, that's not working for me. Yes, no, it's <laughs> to be, not. To say that right to talk about it. What a gift this is, right? To kind of get this yeah. all up and to really explore it. You know, knockers, gazongas. knockers. Yeah, what? Yeah, all of those. Yeah, knockers. But like, what are they? Okay. Well, truthfully, my grandmother, uh, my Serbian grandmother, not my uh, Canadian grandmother. My Serbian grandmother had um, breasts, and she had ten children, and she nursed every single one of them uh, that lived. So six lived past the age of one, and she nursed all of them for the first little while of their lives. And my grandmother, when when you would hug her, she was about five foot five, but when you would hug mm-hmm. her. You could feel her breasts down at your hips. Like yeah. her breasts were, yeah, she had little grandma, like old European grandma boobies, and she would tie them, she would actually strap them down. Like she, I, I remember she was like getting sick at one point and she needed my help getting like her dress off or something, which is a very vulnerable thing for her because the only person who had seen her naked in her life was her husband mm. and doctors during an operation. That was it. So, I was like helping her and I was like, whoa, my grandma's like wearing a bandage. Like she would bandage her boobs up. So she didn't wear a bra. She just did this bandage thing to actually um, like tie them down, like hold them down, um, hmm. which which essentially squashed them down to like her hips, right? So there was right. definitely like no, you didn't want to show off your sexualness for my grandma who was like a horny bugger. Like she was not <laughs> supposed to be, but she, I mean, that's where I get it, right? It's genetic. <laughs> no, it's actually just who I am. <laughs> but yeah, they would wrap them and wrap them like, you know, what? before bras were around and my mom considers bras like torture chambers for her boobs. So she lets them hang free um, like all the time. And if she could just not wear shirts, she would do that, too, all the time, um, which is actually Hi. legal in Ontario and Canada. Like you can be if if men can go uh, topless, so can women. But that law got passed. And then then for a while, People were going crazy with it, and now everybody's kind of forgot that 20 years ago a law was passed that you could go topless. So we don't see it as much anymore. But mm. uh, when that first when that law first came out, there was boobies everywhere. Like you just turn, and there was like boobs everywhere. So it was very, it was very. That's so curious. What did that create there? What kind of energy? How was it received? There was a lot of backlash. Yeah, there was a lot of people that were, like, really upset, like, a lot of, um, and I, I think the the law is still, like, there, that you could do it, just people aren't choosing to, yeah, auto collisions. The the About a few days right after that law got passed, I went to a Buffy St. Marie concert, and 
the ladies love Buffy, and especially the ladies who love ladies love Buffy. So Mm -hmm. it was me and my mom in a mosh pit of lesbians with boobs, like, everywhere. And, like, the (laughs) boobs were, like, hitting me. And it was, like, it was quite an experience. It was memorable. It was one concert that I was, like, wow, mom. I think it was, like, 18 or 19. I was, like, something I'm never going to forget. Like, it's not something you would ever forget. The boobs are everywhere. and, And they're up on stage. And even Buffy, she couldn't sing. She was, like, whoa, (laughs) there was, she got stumped, she was like in a beyond with this topless crowd of women, now Keisha's like, that's really cool, where was I, damn it? Yeah, (laughs) it really is kind of cool, you know, Yeah, it really just, you know, it brings it right, as as Keisha was also saying, it just brings it up and gets it off our chest, so to speak, but I'm fucked, you know, (laughs) and you know, how much of that is just the what is what is required to actually make not not make it a thing, not make it significant, yeah, and not make it so meaningful that it's bad or wrong or that the judgment all comes at it and it freaks people out. And you know sometimes that's what's required is just to say the word boobies like a million times until um, yeah, until the charge yeah. just dissipates. People aren't going. Oh, she just said boobs on the radio. Oh my god, she just said it again. Boobs. She just said. Oh my god, she just said it again. <laughs> just keep saying it until until it's not God. Boobie that therapy. Totally. Boobie therapy. Just, like, get, exactly. get some boobies and like you just put your face in them and like just like go like yeah boobies like maybe that'd help too like boobies in your face just boobie like just saying it a lot and so the so here's the funny story so. You got all these boobies. We're all allowed to be topless in Ontario. But the law about breastfeeding doesn't actually get passed until about 15 years later where you can actually breastfeed in public. But you could go what? topless. Because, yeah. Hell and you could bounce whoa. them around against each other what? in a concert. You, what? Yeah, you could slap them in a guy's or a woman's face, no sweat. But you could not nurse at the same time. It was so weird. Well, like, actually, to you know, from a nature standpoint, one of the most natural, yes. organic things that happens, right? Yeah. You know? So it's, yeah, it's it's actually a legal thing that you are allowed to nurse anywhere. Um, I can't remember. There's actually a law that passed that you're allowed, but there will be restaurants that will refuse you. Um, they still are disgusted by it, which I think is hilarious. Like, they want you to go into the bathroom and feed your kid because really, do you eat your food sitting on a toilet? Like, I don't know why right. a baby is supposed to eat their food sitting on a toilet, but uh, it's so weird. <laughs> exactly. And this is all bringing up all these just weird, twisted points of view about boobs. Oh, my goodness. I know. Yeah, you know, there are um, so, so many out there. And, you know, I, I got to admit, I had them. You know, I bought a lot of the yeah. lies. I... Uh, grew up where it was just like kind of just very uncomfortable to talk about, you know, except in the clinical sense, right? In terms of like what you learned in health class, right? Yes. In fifth or sixth grade, grade. and what the yes, yes. what the school yes. nurse took all the girls and sat you all down to talk about, and everybody knew that was happening. Yes. You know, she comes at the door of the classroom and says, "All right, I'll have these girls now," and everybody's looking around like. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Do I get to ask the question about what's going on with my vagina, but I don't want to ask it? Yeah. <laughs> I remember those classes. I even talk about the boobs, too, and oh, my goodness, you know. And 
The boys yeah. are sweating and the other girls are turning beet red, you know. It's like, oh, I'm not part of this club, but I am part of this club. And, oh, my God, <laughs> what am I going to do? And all that kind of stuff, you know. So, wow. What else is possible, though, now now that we have laws supporting us and now that we have people will like us willing to talk about this and change this and really yeah. nurture that part of our bodies because there's so much energy that, again, is the focus of that that is kind of projected onto it that we buy and we create all kinds of interesting things with it, like breast cancer, which I did, you know, very interesting, very interesting how yeah. that all happened. It's a, it's a totally interesting creation and there's so many women out there that are, their bodies are creating cancer um, and that's definitely something I'd like to get more into uh, after our break. And just for those of you who are listening right now and, and you, your body has um, cancer in it or you've created cancer in your body, I get that when I say that, it might really piss the shit out of you. You might want to just slap me upside down. I didn't create it. And that's totally cool. That's your point of view. And I really encourage you to like be with us in the next segment after the break to listen to what Julie has to say about what she's aware of about her body what her what was going on with her body what awarenesses she came to and what actually changed for her because um you know there are things that are possible that you can that that you can create and that you can also uncreate with your yes. bodies bodies are magic so yes. yeah Really love to have you guys stick around and listen to that part of the conversation, uh, even if I just pissed you off with what I said with creating <laughs> cancer, because I get that could piss a few people off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how about um, yeah, how about if we head to our break now, and then we'll come back and have that very controversial creation of cancer conversation when we come back <laughs> from these commercial breaks. How many C's can I get in a row there? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely boobies, done. Boobies. Nicely done. There. Boobies. Boobies. <laughs> boobies. <laughs> many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a Bars session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. 
Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a boys class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich, and tonight's conversation is My Boobies Are My BFF, and I'm here speaking with my guest, Julie Perkins, and tonight we're calling her Julie O, and Yay. she has, I'm just naming the Perkins so that you guys can find her on her website at www, that's right, that's how the website starts, Julie O Perkins with an E, dot com. So you can find her there. You can find what she's up to in the world. Um, the link to your book is on your site, is it, Julie? Or can they find that on Amazon? They can find it on Amazon, and it's called Breast Easy. The editor is Erica Glessing, and there are four. She is one of the authors, as well as 13 others of us fabulous authors talking about our experiences with our breasts and what we know and our awarenesses about breasts. So... That's where we are. Just released and now a number one bestseller already available in Kindle as well. Awesome. How does it get any better than that? I don't think there are a lot of books dedicated to conscious conversations with boobies. So it's a pretty unique book in itself. Um, yeah. There are books out there that talk um, about you know spirituality and why you created this. And they kind of tell you what you did. Um, mm -hmm. this, I get this is a totally different conversation, and I'm really looking forward to my copy arriving. Yay! Yay! <laughs> it's on its way. Yeah, I'm very excited. And um, and yeah, so before we went to break, we kind of touched on a few very controversial topics about the creation of cancer and how um, we do, you know, what we're aware of with creating cancer in our body, and what you're aware of, Julie, with um, with that. So. Um, I'd like to just kind of let you kind of tell a little bit about what was going on in your life and your body and what tools you used or what you chose to, um, to, as you call it, sort of thrive. Sort of thrive, right. Well, you know, it was a really interesting start into that, to my journey um, with my breasts, my boobs, and, and cancer. So prior to getting the diagnosis, I was actually had been working in corporate America, kind of a type A, obsessive, compulsive, hard driving worker, lot of, lot of, lot of stress. And when we chose to have a family and I chose to start um, having kids, um, one of the things that I chose to do was to keep working, but also have the kids and manage all of that. And then as the kids grew up, of course, they were having. Um, things like all kinds of activities. So here I was, you know, um, I chose to leave corporate America but start my own consulting business, training and consulting business. 
And so I was running this business, managing the household, managing all the kids' activities, all their sports, and we were into scouts and all of those kinds of things. And so being the control freak of magnitude, all of that stress was kind of really just balling up into a nice big tight wad and as my into a breast cancer tumor. And so hmm. the interesting thing though is that people who know me um and although most of them at the time were my practitioner medical practitioners like doctors or chiropractors or like massage therapists, or acupuncturists, things like that, they would say, "Oh, you're so in touch with your body." Yet at that time I had just been Driving, 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 and creating all of that stress and having it kind of all come together in that space that even the medical community didn't recognize it at first. I literally had just had a clear mammogram two months before when I was wow. compelled compelled to do a breast self-exam in the shower like they have the little, you know, chart yeah. that you do that, you know. And I was like, what? And it's like, do this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I maybe done a couple in my whole life and at this time you know I'm in my 30s and so I was like well okay I'm going to do this and I found the lump and I was like huh something's not right here so you know at the same time that I'm ignoring my body I'm also following my awareness and it you know led down the path of where it actually was breast cancer and um, I fell right into the medical trap of hmm. all the diagnosis and believing that this was happening to me at first. And mm -hmm. yet there was still that awareness that was kind of pinging in is that like, well, wait a minute. You knew this. You knew you were getting all stressed out and you knew that you were creating this. And so what are you going to do to uncreate it? And so then that was really, you know, the genesis of the journey. And it really required me to elicit the wisdom and the support of my girls, my best friends, mm -hmm. you know, to really, uh, for us to come together and uncreate this just as how it had created. Because honestly, your body, including your breasts, just responds to what you're asking for it. And Absolutely. so at that time, I was like, you know, I'm stressed out and I'm tired and I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of this not working right now. I'm sick and tired of being tired and I'm sick and tired and so sick and tired how many times can you say that before your body says oh wait sick and tired order up here we go let me serve you that yeah. on a platter right sick what, and tired what kind of sick you're looking for yeah. yeah what kind of sick you're looking for I can like you know deliver that what do you want so that is really um you know, really the the genesis of the journey and how we got through it was by coming together and um uncreating that. So um I see in the chat room my friend Jenny Lynn is here too, another amazing author of the book. And um oh, awesome. you know, Yeah, so um it's really just great to have all kinds of people talking about their breasts and what they're creating and uncreating with it. So um so perfect, perfect. So Melitza, what more do you want to know about my journey? I want to know all about your boobies, Julie. But actually, what I'm what I'm wondering about was um, so you were saying that you kind of went the medical route, and then you realized that you that you had actually contributed to creating this, like you had yes. this awareness. So, what what was it that you did? Like, was it a combination of things? Like, what kind of things did, was your body asking for that had it change um, 
that had it change everything for you so that your body no longer has a, a tumor in it. Yeah. So the the first thing that it was um, my body was really demanding was that I really listened to it. So that first shout in the shower, do the breast self-exam, um, the shouting continued <laughs> until, you know, the shouting continued until I complied. <laughs> so, so it was that whole piece of listening to it in the shower, finding it, calling a doctor that I trusted who happened to be the um, OBGYN um, that had delivered our daughter, Christy, at the time. And being that he was in an HMO, having the nurse who answered the phone say, oh, yes, well, for this kind of appointment, because I, I understand that you're you're kind of nervous about this, but um, this is considered kind of a regular appointment, and those aren't available for another month. But, oh, hmm. wait, somebody just slipped me a note that this afternoon's staff meeting at 2 p.m. is canceled. Would you like to come in then? Wow. To which I say, yes, I would. <laughs> you know, so being willing to not be afraid, being willing to, well, I smell smoke. There might be a fire somewhere around here close. Yeah. But being willing to walk straight into that and to follow that prompting, that motivation, that impetus by my body was really what started the whole process. That happened again with the surgeon, you know, because after a month, um, my OBGYN, we watched it and it changed and it looked like it was coming up towards the top and getting bruised like it was trying to get mm. out literally yeah. you know that spot there the doc my OBGYN yeah. says I don't I don't like the way that looks and I said I don't either he says let's call the surgeon same thing oh we don't have anything for six months but oh wait here's a cancellation that just showed <laughs> up in the system for tomorrow morning would you like to come in then yes I would wow. <laughs> you know it's a, two yeah. steps walking straight into the fire keep going and just knowing that no matter what it was, we were going to get through it. Me and my girls, my body, all of us. You know, and I talk like that's separate, but it's really not. It's just this kind of energy of, of doing this. And again, you know, waiting for the results of the biopsy because it was over uh, Labor Day weekend and they weren't going to get the results. And so I had to wait an extra day until Tuesday. And then the doctor calls and he says, oh, you don't have cancer but we're not really sure what it is, so we want to look again. I say, okay, oh, sigh of relief, and then the phone rings five minutes later, and he says, oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry, there was another Julie here. I was reading the wrong chart. You have breast cancer. And oh, going, wow, like, like the cat on the ceiling when they get freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, Holy cow. what, you know, and then, Really having to titrate between all of that, which is all the medical stuff and all the points of view and all the what that means when you get a diagnosis of breast cancer and versus mm -hmm. what I know, what my body knows, what my girls yeah. know. So we we did a combination. We we had the lumpectomy, we had mm -hmm. um a little bit of chemo until you know, my body and I just said, oh, this is bullshit. I was really reluctant to have chemo because I kept, you know, getting, like, I don't want you to come back to me in 20 years and say, oh, I'm sorry, you have, the chemo we gave you 20 years ago gave you cancer. What? Yeah. You know, I was, I was getting furious at just the, just the thought of pretty that. pretty much I, what John Hopkins University in the U.S. is now saying about chemo. So, yeah. Yes. Like, so they're actually 
saying that all over the place. For sure. Yeah. I totally yeah. knew that, you know? I knew that somewhere in my universe. Yeah, I tried a little bit of it because I did kind of fall prey to um, all the Fear. points of view stuff projecting yeah. on yes, and projecting on none of which was mine. I was having weird-ass nightmares about relatives in the church wow. crying at my coffin saying... <laughs> If she'd only if just she'd only people, oh, she wouldn't yeah. orphaned her children. You know, not like they're Crazy orphans, stuff, right? Because right? I yeah. like, yeah, my husband's still here, but wow, what weird points of view, right? So, you yeah. know, I, I kind of fell prey to that and to all the science and made the science God. And I did a little bit of, of chemo until um, my white blood cell count kept depleting, 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 which chemo does. And they won't give you more yeah. chemo until the white cells come back, right? And I remember distinctly going to a naturopath, and I had an acupuncturist. I had all these, you know, alternative modalities, doing lots of yoga or, you know, meditation, all kinds of things. And I remember going to the to the naturopath to boost it one more time, and finding out that it was high enough. And the the doctor's office called and said, "You can go back now for your third out of fourth round of chemo because you're okay now to do this." And I looked at the doctor and said, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this. I'm just not doing this anymore. And I remember, you know, talking to my family members who were very concerned about it, and I said, this is an announcement, not a discussion. We're not mm-hmm. doing this. We've done, actually, I had done three. I, you know, we've done three. I'm not doing the fourth. That's 75%. That's passing in my book. We're out of here. And we're going on to radiation because that always made more sense to me. There was something mm-hmm. about the radiation that made sense to me because it was very felt very localized at that time. So right. that's kind of, you know, where I got to with it all was just a combination of, you know, running between the different realms of of fear and science and my knowing and just choosing, choosing, choosing and going forward. And in the end when I tell people who actually don't know that I had breast cancer, they're like, oh, my God, you did? I didn't know that about you. I'm like, yeah, because I don't put the little pink ribbon on my car and <laughs> I wear it like a patch Make it of your water. whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I had breast cancer like you had the flu. You got over yep. the flu and I got over it. End of story. Yeah, which is a, <laughs> yeah, which is a, like some people make that their whole life, their whole identity. Cancer survivor, can you know, um, they make it their identity. They become and they become part of the community of cancer people. Like somehow, you, you didn't have cancer, so you don't understand. <laughs> but everybody I know knows at least one person who's had cancer, or they've had it themselves. Yeah. So most people have enough um, have had experience with it somewhere. And what I love is that you, you know. Following your knowing doesn't always mean you're going to go holistic. Following your knowing doesn't mean that you're going to not see a doctor. Following your knowing and listening to your body, sometimes your body wants to see the doctor. Maybe the doctor's hot and your body's like, yeah, show him your boobs because that's a turn on. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't actually know what the heck your body is choosing it for. <laughs> but you're yeah. like, hey, cool. That's all I wanted to do is show my boobs to the hot doctor. Oh, cool. Now I'm healed. <laughs> but you never know, right? So. Yeah, and you Follow don't get knowing. over not being it, wanting to show your boobs when you have breast cancer. Trust me, you know, because yes. everybody's like, "All right, let me see them, let me see them," and they're all doing something God. different with you. Get over all those points of view about not showing your boobs. 
Yeah, they want to see the scars. And yeah, I, I mean, I know somebody that had breast cancer as well. And I was very curious about the scars. Like, I just wondered, like, can I see it? Like, what does it look like? I'm very, and I was like, hey, that's kind of, it's kind of interesting. My my grandmother had had, um, well, they didn't know if she had breast cancer because it was like the 1950s or something. I don't know what, mm-hmm. I, she already had very small breasts to begin with, but essentially they just, um, uh, she told me that she just kind of like had lumps removed or something. I don't know. Um, but, and she had heart surgery. So my grandma was kind of, that was my Canadian grandma, not with the boobs down to her hips, the other one. And <laughs> she, she had, uh, she was kind of like Frankensteinish monster. Like she had so many scars on her that was like, wow. Um, so as a kid looking at her body, I was like, wow. I, I was, I was kind of like shocked because I hadn't yeah. seen so many scars. Um, and there was something in my knowing that was like, I'm going to choose anything but that. Like yeah. I that I don't want that. Yeah. Well, so, you know, it's interesting that you talk about that because actually um, back when in college, um, I had actually a breast reduction that I chose because I was having so much pain in my upper neck and shoulders, and I was a lifeguard too, so there was a lot of mm-hmm. stuff around judgment and all that. And it wasn't until 20 years later in my breast cancer diagnosis and the kind of breast cancer that I had that they said it's cancer in those kinds of fatty cells of which they had removed pounds of 20 years earlier. Wow. So what did Amazing. I know then? And even though yeah. I was you know, judged for having done that and it was like a real hush-hush thing and I did have those scars that kind of felt like Frank and Booby, you know, to me. And, you know, yeah. kind of you know, like having relationships and saying like, yeah, I know we're going to have sex now, but I got to tell you something first before I disrobe and show you my breasts. <laughs> they might look a little different than you think, you know, but they they did it in such a way that they kept all the plumbing so that I actually could, um, you know, breastfeed. And um, I did have some judgments about that because I didn't feel like I had enough milk, you know, yeah. but I still was able to breastfeed. But yeah, I had called them Frankenbooby, you know, and um, put, put that on my, my girls. Yeah, exactly. Frankenbooby. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm and like, yeah. <laughs> what a great name for a cartoon character, Frankenbooby, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, that's my thoughts. I was just watching some Frankenstein cartoon with my daughter before we got on this. So but that's what I'm thinking of. It's just funny. <laughs> you know, and what, is, what is, do we know, right? And what did I know? And as a 20, 20, 21-year-old, you know, following that energy, what what did I know then that would help me later when I had the tools 20 years later to actually yeah. trust my knowing to navigate that, that if I hadn't done that, it might have worked out completely differently. I didn't have... All you know, have that trust and that knowing with my body that I had developed over the twenty years. You know, I think it really just allowed me to go through it in a different, different, different way, and really realize that yeah, I had created this. I was stressed out, and I was dying to get out of that stressed out life, and I literally created a life-threatening disease called breast cancer. It's because you're a genius, Julie. And then I undid it, and then you changed it. Uh, I'd like to just mention something in um in Ontario when you go to get your you know your pap which we now can have like every 3 years it used to be yearly i think it's once every 3 years uh is what's covered by our our ohip 
Um, so when I went the last time, I, had, I I was so used to, and I hadn't been to have one in like nine years since my daughter was born. And I was like, okay, my body was like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's just go. I'm like, okay, cool. And what I found out in during the examination is they don't do the breast examination anymore. They yeah. don't do the breast tissue examination. They actually, the, the nurse practitioner told me that um, they didn't find that it was actually, uh, cre- it wasn't actually bringing enough awareness about the cancer that they weren't doing early detection. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And, <laughs> it's too and bad here you no are video saying this is what it is. See, right? The, me flipping the bird. That is exactly how I found my lump. The mammogram was clear. Yeah. I found my lump through a self-exam. So trust yeah, your knowing. Unbelievable. Folks. So trust your knowing, trust your hands and your body. Anyway. You, yeah, just do it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, because I requested it. And she's like, well, I'm really not supposed to. I'm like, I'm asking you to because I don't have a chart anymore and I just want to know how to do it. Plus, I like getting felt up. But can you do this for me? And and she's like, yeah, I can, but it's really not. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to take you two minutes. I just need a reminder of how to do it because I haven't done it in a long time. Nice. And, yeah, so she did reluctantly, but I was like, seriously? Yep. We have an onslaught of cancer in the area that we're in from whatever. You can say whatever you want that it's from, you know, yep. people dying to get out of whatever. Um and yet we are choosing to not teach people this simple tool. And there was a really simple thing that my mom and I had found at a health fair. And I think it was like sand in a bag or something. It was so simple. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it actually helped detect like tumors that were like the size of a pea. Like yeah. really accurate. And exactly. we're not using this. Why? We're using mammograms and squishing boobies that, and is even like creating any awareness like what are we doing to bodies why are we so retarded exactly and you know our our tut we're all we all have healing capacities whether we choose to acknowledge them or not and our very touch whether it's some someone else's by our request like you just said or by our own touch that is exactly how i found my tumor i listened to my body and i Felt around forty, even though I wasn't sure exactly what I was doing, and I knew it was there. I knew. Yeah, I knew. I didn't want to know, but I knew. Yeah, when and you know, so you what, know, and even exactly. if it's not fun, just know that you know. That's fun. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, what can get created now that if we were all to be willing to acknowledge and nurture and communicate and foster that relationship with our breasts? What could yeah. get created from that? And that's really, you know, it. I'm encouraging everybody to get a copy of the Breast Easy book. It's on Amazon and also paperback and Kindle. And just check out all the fabulous stories by all the authors there. And I also want to thank Jenny Lynn for being in the chat room, the other yeah. uh, co-author of the book. Thanks for being present with us tonight. And for all of you listening, if you have questions and would like facilitation, contact Julie. She's got some awareness here about bodies and stuff. So thank you so much and have a great week. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Milica Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.